You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome in on this glorious Monday night. You're probably wondering why you're hearing us again, but it is the second night of a back-to-back, and the Oklahoma City Thunder were down in Houston to face the fighting Russell Westbrooks. You heard that right. Russell Westbrook is no longer on this team. If you're just waking up from a coma, he is in Houston with the Rockets now. Uh, Hello, I am Madison Morris. I'm joined by Brady Trantham. We're here in Jake FM here at Tyler Media. Thanks. Shout out to Jake for uh, letting us use your studio. But... We're here to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder because they did fall to the Houston Rockets tonight, 116-112. to 112. Honestly, I was telling this to Brady before we got on the air. This was actually a lot better of a game than I was anticipating from the Thunder, which I'm not trying to bash on him, but this was a really good game played out by them. Uh, obviously, the Rockets take the win, but, I mean, it was it was a good showing overall. So, Brady, what would you think about this game? Um, I mean, you said it. I mean, I, I think I said on the post-game show, which became the OKC82 podcast yesterday yeah, after did. the Thunder dismantled the Warriors, that um, it could be the ex- the exact opposite of what we saw because the Thunder going on the road, uh, particularly against a guy in James Harden who had, coming into this game, was shooting 11% from the three-point line. Yeah. Um, we all knew Russell Westbrook was going to do whatever he could to... Uh, and look, I know there's no animosity between Russell Westbrook and the Thunder and then vice versa, but anytime you play your old team, anytime you play like your old friends, you're going to go all out against them. Oh, I mean, sure. it, there's no, no animosity. He's just going to do his thing. So it's it's of no surprise to me that Russell Westbrook finished just an assist shy of a triple double tonight. But what did surprise me was just the Thunder's effort, particularly in the first half. Because um, I'll, I'll just jump right to it. This game was pretty much lost from the about midpoint of the second quarter into the entire third quarter. The mm-hmm. offense just absolutely went stale. Um, and we'll get into this in a little bit because I've kind of complained about it already. Um, I believe after the Utah podcast or during the Utah podcast, but um, I was I was frankly uh, pretty surprised by the effort. Um, not necessarily because I question this team's effort, but because they did play a game just 24 hours ago. Yeah. So to go on the road to lead throughout most of the game, um, ultimately go down about I think they were down 11 at one point. And then make it a game late in the fourth quarter like they have done um, all season long. Um, that's not surprising. But overall, cool. Like cool. like like I always <laughs> kind of point out, there's two parts of this fan base. The one that wants to win every single game because they hate seeing their team lose. And the one that just wants to tank and get good draft positioning. So I feel like both of those sides, even though the Thunder did lose, you've got to be happy with the effort and then... You know, you're one and three now. Yeah. Getting getting closer and closer to that number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, so I will give a little bit of a backstory. I missed the entire first quarter of this game, a little bit of the second quarter, just because If you're going to do a backstory, you got to do like the flashback noise. So Madison's at, she's at Kendra Scott. I'm at Kendra Scott, selling my jewelry, and we actually did a little event benefiting leukemia and lymphoma tonight. So You benefited leukemia? I mean, like, 
Ever, you monster. All the proceeds from the final two hours we were open. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, 20% of that went to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Foundation. So shout out to them. Thank you, Kendra Scott, for uh, sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> thank that'll, you, Kendra. That'll be $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wish. Um, no, but I did miss a little bit of the first half of this game. Uh, it was kind of a surprise. I showed up to uh, the parlor in downtown Oklahoma City where they were having a Thunder Watch party. I had never been to a Thunder Watch party before, so... That was really cool. They put on a really good show out. They had a lot of guys, um, guys and gals. They had a lot of people there, and they had four Thunder Girls there. Rubble was there, of course, the Thunder Drummers, and, of course, the, the Storm Chasers, who were just absolutely incredible. I really wish I had their energy, but I will never have that kind of energy. But we went to the watch party for a little bit, had some good food, had some good drinks. Uh, we got to watch pretty much all the way until uh, the fourth quarter of the game, and then we came back here so we could podcast. But... um. I got to the parlor and the Thunder were leading by a significant amount, listened to it a little bit. And it was it was interesting because, I mean, I was really impressed with a bunch of different guys, really. I was really impressed with Gallinari, of course. Shea Gilgis-Alexander was a little bit slow to start, but then he really picked it up, ending with 22 points. Um, Chris Paul didn't have, like, the best showing out, but he also was a guy that did end in double figures and. Obviously, that was really good for him just because he was returning to Houston after being traded to Oklahoma City. So that was really awesome for him to have at least a somewhat good showing out. Uh, Nerland's Noel definitely contributed to the bench points, which I think were significantly higher than Houston's. Uh, big thanks to Dennis Schroeder, obviously. But Nerland's Noel was 15 points, 5 of 6 from the field. Just a really good night for the big man, even though I'm pretty sure he got neutered at least twice during this game. So that ain't good. That's not a good way to start your uh, start your week. But happy Monday to Nerlens for that. Um, overall, I was really impressed with a couple of these bench guys like Dennis and Nerlens. I really think a lot of their chemistry is starting to formulate now that they're four games in. What is it? Four? Yeah, four games in, and um, it's just it's looking a lot more, a lot, a lot, just better. I can't even think of the word right now. It's just looking better than it was to start off the season. So things like that are kind of clicking into place. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about Steven Adams later, but I, I feel like Nerlens was definitely just the better big guy tonight. It was just interesting because I thought the Thunder played a lot better than they were going to. Because, I mean, exactly what Brady just said, this is the second night of a back-to-back. They played like a little over 24 hours ago, and it was just, you know, it was a high-energy game against Golden State, and now they're coming face-to-face with uh, Russell Westbrook. So... It was like what to expect in this game, and I thought they did a great job, even if they had a four-point deficit at the final buzzer. Yeah, um, I think with since you just touched on like Nerlens Noel, Stephen Adams. I mean, the bench did score fifty-two points. Everybody that played except for Deontay Burton, he only, and he got thrown out there in the final thirty-two seconds, I believe. So um, makes sense why he didn't get a bucket. But every, you, pretty much Deontay. everybody that played besides Deontay Burton and Terrence Ferguson, yeah, um, scored tonight. Uh, 52 points on the bench, like I just said. But um, what you did miss, Madison, during the first quarter, the Thunder, you know, they led. Um, they were controlling the game. Mm-hmm. The offense was clicking. The defense was do- uh, was playing really well. And it didn't hurt that the Rockets were shooting terribly oh, yeah. from the three-point line. Everybody except P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker not only hit, I think he was 3 of 4 at, at one point into the third quarter, deep into the third quarter, early fourth quarter, he was three or four from the uh, three-point line, and the rest of the Rockets were like four of twenty-five. And yeah, that, that's going to help your cause. Like, did the Rockets have a poor shooting night? Probably, but like I said, James Harden was coming into coming into tonight shooting terribly from the three-point line. He ended up with forty points. A lot of that coming from the foul line, of course, because it's it's James Harden. But 
um, with P.J. Tucker, he single-handedly kept them from being blown out in the first half. And I don't know, even if the Thunder, like the Thunder could have been outscored 39-19 to like they did in the third quarter anyway, if it wasn't for P.J. Tucker, I don't think that that would have mattered. I think the Thunder would have been able to control and hold out for a win. Uh, P.J. Tucker not only did a lot of good things on offense, um, with a lot of fouls, by the way, I think he finished with four or five fouls, but he had four fouls at the beginning of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, he was giving Stephen Adams the business. Stephen oh, Adams yeah. could do nothing when P.J. Tucker was on him. And, and P.J. Tucker has a lower center of gravity. He himself is just a physical, he's a monster. Yeah, He's the type of guy that I've wanted on the Thunder over the last few, like with the Russell Westbrook-led teams and even the Kevin Durant-Russell Westbrook teams. Like it, it always seemed like to me that they were a player like P.J. Tucker away from being a true playoff contending, if it's just Russ, a true playoff uh, Western Conference Finals contending uh, contender. They were a P.J. Tucker short. Yeah. He showed why tonight, because Steven could do nothing against him physically. Um, it, it was just it was just that fine of a margin for me. If, if P.J. Tucker doesn't go off on both ends of the floor, the Thunder probably blow the doors off the Rockets in the first half. Too big of a margin for them to even come back. Yeah. But outside of Steven... I mean, he had six points. He ended up with 12 boards, which was cool. Uh, he did fight Russell Westbrook for a rebound early. It went out I of bounds. And the, Good for him. It was a thunderball. <laughs> but it was just, it was funny. Like, no, Russell, I'm not going to box out for you anymore. <laughs> and that's not my job anymore. No. I no. love that. But if you remember yesterday on on the postgame show when we did the Stat Cat segment, uh, my Stat Cat had to do uh, with, I think the number was 26, and it was the number of shot attempts by Gallinari, Stephen Adams, and uh, Terrence Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So Gallinari has 17 shots. Great. Probably a, probably even a little too much for him since he thrives off of efficiency. He finished with 17 points, 17 shots, eh, uh, 6 of 17 from the floor. Eh. Um, Steven Adams, like I said, was kind of neutralized or beaten by P.J. Tucker. Terrence Ferguson had one shot attempt. He had no <laughs> points. Um, oh, dear. And, like, it, it's, it's a tough task to cover – and defend James Harden. Um, there were times where he made it difficult for him. But if Terrence isn't going to have, if he's not going to do anything offensively, it makes it so hard for this offense to sustain. And that was the problem was they played so well for so long in the first half, and then they hit a rut, and they just couldn't sustain that level of play. And, it, and it's because, not just because of Terrence Ferguson, but when one of your starters, and one of them being a wing guy, can't give you anything offensively, then it comes down to Shea. Then it comes down to Chris Paul. Then it comes down to Dennis Schroeder, who had his second really good game in a row mm-hmm. after yesterday when I said, like, oh, yeah, that Golden State game is probably going to be the best game that he's played, like, a month from now still. Look and at nope, him. He still did well. Um, it, it just it goes to show, like, this this team, if they want to win games, Terrence has to do something. Yeah. And it's not just him standing in the corner. He has to do something offensively, and tonight he didn't really do much. Yeah, because his one shot was – a three-pointer, it looks like. And so yeah. I didn't even get to see this happen, um, just reading the box score right now. But, yeah, I agree, just because when Terrence Ferguson was able to be very efficient last night, I mean, obviously everyone who has eyes and was able to watch that game saw how well the Thunder played. And so, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think um, it's just going to be a big offensive strive for these guys because especially with guys like Terrence, if he's going to be – super uh just super quiet on the offensive end then I think a lot of people are gonna have to pick up for him right now Steven Adams is being extremely quiet on the defensive end I watched him I I don't know there were a couple of shots he put up in the second half that just 
it just did not, it looked so bad. It looked like he wasn't even really a basketball player. And I'm definitely not bashing on Steven Adams. If anyone remembers from last season, you guys know I'm well, a big fan. Uh, Maddie Lee just tweeted out that um, somebody specifically asked Billy Donovan about like, is Steven okay? Because mm-hmm. um, he did it during Golden State. I think the first time he went out, he went to the tunnel. He went back to the locker room, came back out and played, of course. Tonight he did the same thing. Somebody asked Billy about it and he was like, um, yeah, he was dealing with some stuff during the game, limping around, Uh-oh. you know. So I don't want fans to come come back at us and say, like, he was hurt, that's why. Look, eh. Steven always goes to the locker room. He always goes into the tunnel and sits on the stationary bike. Yeah. He's always dealing with something. He's just going to be a guy who's constantly dealing with some type of pain. He has a so, lot of body. So to use that as a justification of that's why P.J. Tucker dominated his ass for uh, an entire half. Yeah. Like, no, that... That doesn't bode, that doesn't sit well with me. Steven is getting paid $24 million a year. Some would say he's overpaid. Some would say that he's paid well enough right now for his role with the team. I tend to lean on the latter. I think he I think it's fine that he makes that much money, but when he's getting dominated by guys, you know, like that are just basically high end level role players like PJ mm-hmm. Tucker. Um, it's one thing to get dominated by Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in the one of the best def- defensive players in the league. I, I just I get tired of this, and I get tired that we always throw the injury like fatigue factor to mm-hmm. justify some poor performances. But again, it's a team sport. It's not it's not just because Steven that the Thunder lost this game. It's yeah, not yeah, just no. because Terrence. Um, it's because of uh, Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hami's fault. Did you see that dunk? Where he like straight up hit the back of the rim. That was um I screamed. That's kind of where I figured, <laughs> okay, like he had all. a wide open baseline dunk and he went up really really hard for it and it rimmed out. That's Yikes. when I'm like, Yeah, the Thunder are gonna lose this game. <laughs> also, how many technicals were given out in this game? Many. Many a technicals. Chris Paul picked up one, Hamadou got one. Hamadou's was weak though. I even tweeted that out and I never call like a ref call weak, even though I think it in my head. Left knee contusion, by the way, is what the Thunder are calling Steven Adams' injury, oh, which yikes. basically means he just has a knee bruise. I have one of those. Yeah, my like I told you, I think I either like my pinky toe that's connected the part of the the toe that's connected to your foot hurts really bad because I stubbed it. Um, in the bathroom door earlier today, I screamed. But you're I, not getting paid $24 million. No, I'm getting paid $24. <laughs> I'm getting paid 20 cents. Um, Yeah, that, that was interesting, too. I felt like, obviously, I expected a lot of tensions to be flaring out of this game. I don't know why. I, I, I'm just like, I'm a big fan of sports fights, in case you guys don't know. I really enjoy when two why athletes do you like like, violence? go after it. I think it's fun. Like, I don't know. Get the people going. <laughs> and so I kind of half expected, like, something to happen with Russell Westbrook. Uh, there's plenty of video out there on Twitter if you guys want to see it. He was very uh, warm and welcoming, if you may, to the Thunder oh, yeah. guys. Yeah, we, I guess. Gave we, a lot of high we should, we should talk about Russ. Let's do it. Um, yeah, like I said, no animosity between the two parties. Um, we... If we're going to talk about Russ, we got to talk about that hair. That so was so bad. I never even thought of it this way until um, the girl at the parlor said this. She was like, "Oh, you guys don't like his antennas," and I was like, "They are antennas. <laughs> they look like antennas. He looks like some type of insect." Russell Westbrook's an alien. He is an alien. We all knew that, though. Yeah, but yeah, not a fan it would, of his hair. It, it explain a lot of his uh, <laughs> social anxieties. That actually does explain a lot, but. 
not excuse me, not a fan of his hair. Uh, he also was on the end of a technical tonight, but his was pretty weak too. It was just a delay of he, game. He uh, <laughs> he he took Darius Baisley to the rim, and you know Russell does this to anybody, everybody. He he just he just he just proceeded to shit talk Darius Baisley. And Darius I've been, I've been like, like a big <laughs> I've been like a little Darius Baisley stan that, like since I saw him play in summer league in July, but. Um, so maybe I'm just being a little sensitive to this, but I, I leaned over to you at the bar and was like, because they showed the replay of why Russell got a tech, and he's just clearly shit talking Darius Baisley. Oh, yeah. Darius Baisley is like not looking at him, but like <laughs> he's replying, and I was like, you know what I would just say if I was Darius? Congratulations, I'm a rookie. Like, good job, sir. You got me. <laughs> and you're... then you were like, yeah, I'm 19 years old, sir. You're like, good. You're a 12 year vet, and I just got in the league. I'm not even old enough to drink alcohol yet. You got me. Good for you. That it was silly, weird. silly silliness. That was um, weird. No, like Russell. Russell actually had a really good vintage Russell Westbrook game today. He did. If he played, if he was still with the Thunder and he played like he did tonight. For the Thunder, we would be sitting here saying, like, wow, that looked like kind of old-school MVP Russell Westbrook. That looked really good. Because the mid-range jumper, the cotton shot was falling for him. Yeah. Um, he was getting to the rim and hitting most of his layups. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder played pretty uh, pretty good defense at the paint once guys got into the uh, paint and they weren't being called for a foul. Um, and then Russell kind of turned it on late in terms of, like, the rebounding and the assists. I'm very surprised because they had 42 seconds left uh, in possession, mm-hmm. and Russell just kind of handed the ball off to James Harden, who was like 10 feet away from the three-point line. I'm like, oh, he's not going to assist Hunt. Oh, wow. that's wow. I'm very surprised. No stat pads. Um, he, he didn't really, like, it, it was an organic, whatever mm-hmm. he finished with, 29, 12, and 9. It was a very organic uh, stat line from him. Uh, he also didn't really make it about himself, which is good for Houston. That is and that really was kind of the thing I asked all of us in the group chat earlier today is does Russell make this about himself and play the, the Rockets out of the game? Like, cause he either would do that and have a great game and the Rockets would win going away, or he would do that, have an inefficient night and give the thunder chance after chance after chance yeah. offensively. So, uh, none of those, none of those things really happened. He played within the offense. Uh, he scored when he had to, he took over when he had to, he, uh, let James Harden do his thing at the foul line. Um, so, yeah, good job, Russell Westbrook. It yeah. was still weird to watch, though. It was weird. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get used to that because I was watching that. Um, r- crap, who they played the other night? It was. Uh, the Thunder? No, 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 no. The, the Rockets, and they lost. It was like kind of a last minute loss. And I was kind of like, wow, that was a really good game. Oh, but- the, the, the Bucks. Yes, yes, yes. It was the Bucks because Giannis Gian- fouled out. Giannis fouled out with like five minutes left, and the <laughs> yeah, Rockets was, lost at home. That was not good. Um, yeah, but I was watching the Bucks Rockets game. Uh, a couple of nights ago and I was watching Russ and I, I even tweeted this out I was like wow this is really going to take some time to get used to because first of all he has antennas and second of all he's wearing a Rockets jersey and third of all there's also uh, that little trio of um, James Harden, Russell Westbrook and Tabo Safalosha. Who also has bad hair. And I'm like what? This is weird seeing this on the Rockets team now but I mean yeah I agree with Brady I, I really think this was a great game for Russell uh, he looked very at ease out there. I think right now him and James are still having pretty good chemistry because there were at least like two, maybe three, but there were definitely two moments that I can remember uh, where they had some pretty good connection at the rim and Russell was able to really finish the shot. And that's just something that I think a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, this is going to be a really good year for James and Russell because they have that on-court chemistry. And they really 
they they proved that tonight, especially like James. He finished with 40 points. Russell, uh, how much did Russell have? I totally just lost that. Uh, Russell had 21. 21. But... I said 29 because I'm I'm a fool. I'm eh. a fool. You were you were close. So we'll <laughs> go with that. But yeah, James had 40. Russell had 21. Uh, Russell shot nine of 16 from the uh, from the field. He only had one three point attempt. It wasn't good, but I, I, there were so many games last season when he was still with the Thunder that people were like, why is Russell taking so many three-pointers? Like, he cannot get those to fall. Those are not his shots right now. And so far, I haven't exactly checked the box score of all the other Rocket games that have uh, taken place beforehand, but he's really not shooting the three-ball that much. And maybe he's finally, like, learned his lesson, even though he's always saying, am I ever going to change my game? No. Uh, but I feel like he's changing a little well, bit, if and you, it's working for him. If you want to defend Russell Westbrook, like if you're just a Russell Westbrook fan and you you don't really care who he plays for, you're probably saying, well, now he has a better supporting cast where he doesn't have to force up so many shots. Yeah. And that's true. Fair point. But, I mean, there were times where Russell clearly was pa- like looking over guys who were, who were on that particular night, whether mm-hmm. it be Paul George, a Victor Lodipo, Anthony Morrow, like whoever was on that night. And Russell would take bad threes still yeah. because he had the idea that he had to do everything himself. Now, maybe him going to Houston is basically a symbolic gesture of him understanding that he can't, he doesn't need to do it all anymore because he's got James Harden. Mm-hmm. He's got Eric Gordon, who's a sixth man of the year candidate every year. He's a great three-point shooter. Got Daniel House, um, even Austin Rivers, who can turn it on a time or two. P.J. Tucker's a very capable three-point shooter. He's got a better supporting cast where he doesn't have to jack up Garbage bad shots threes, after bad yeah. shots. I, I feel like Russell jacking up bad shots in Houston's offense will be him getting to the rim and just not hitting the layup. Yeah. So, Which I mean, did a few it'll, times. it'll be something to look forward to. But again, this kind of goes into the, the thing I want to talk about next before we get to the three guard lineup to finish off this podcast. But the Thunder's defense, I mean, they, they gave up 100 points tonight. They gave up 100 points to Golden State, but that was trash. That was a trash 100 points. It didn't matter at all. That game was well over in the second quarter. Um, but they give up 100 points. But Houston, and this is from our good buddy John Hamm, Houston shot 5 of 20 from the field and 1 of 11 from 3 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, but they got 14 points out of 15 uh, attempts at the free throw line. So the defense has the capability because there's so much versatility on this team. And they've shown it. They showed it um, late in, uh, in the game against Utah. Utah won the game in a similar fashion. They won it at the foul line. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was just getting to the rim, and if he wasn't scoring, he was get, um, getting fouled. Mm-hmm. This defense has the capability to be a very high-quality defensive team, and especially in a situation. Like like I said, the Thunder got outscored 39-19 to in the third, and they surrendered the lead. And instead of it snowballing from there, the Thunder just put the clamps on defense, made it a little bit tougher for Houston, and it allowed them to get back into the game. The problem was is they couldn't get um, just over the hump because I think they would get it as close to as four – I think they got it down to two late, and then Houston scored to uh, widen the margin at the mm-hmm. end. But um, <laughs> it was funny. Like, Shea Gildas-Alexander goes to the rim and clearly gets fouled. <laughs> clearly gets fouled. It was the first play I saw when I walked back into the station. He clearly gets fouled going to the rim by Daniel House. And then Daniel House, um, like, the SGA misses the shot, of course. That's the whole point. Daniel House gets the ball on the other end and just bulldozes his way to the paint, mm-hmm. and uh, Nerlens Noel goes up and blocks a shot, but because Daniel House fell fell down, Nerlens Noel gets called for the gets called for the uh, uh, foul. And like John Hamm, a few other people said this on Twitter. 
Shea's going to get that call in about a year or so. Yeah. He's not going to get that call now, sadly, but it was clearly a foul. Um, this team, them winning late, because I, I don't think this team is going to have a problem with getting themselves in position to win a game late. Yeah. The problem is going to be them getting over the hump. So, like, that Washington Wizards game where they tied it at 83 and then surrendered a 14-2 run the final few minutes, like, that's going to be the test that you're going to see um, them trying to pass over and over and over again throughout this entire year. And when you're depending on a bunch of guys who haven't played with each other, a bunch of young guys who haven't played at all, these these are going to be some tough roads. Yeah. It's going to be a tough, tough ride to, to see if you're a Thunder fan that wants to win every game, but um, it's all for something good. Yeah. Like all these mistakes, all these like failing to close out games – this is a smart bunch. This is a team filled with guys that understand how to play team basketball. It's going to be, I think it's going to be for the better moving yeah. forward. No, and I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me when I say this, but I, I think this can be reassuring to see how well they were able to handle this Rockets team tonight just because, like I said earlier, they only had a four-point deficit at the final buzzer. It could have been a lot worse, and that's just me being optimistic with this team. But, I mean, at the same time, you kind of have to step back and – Look at how well some of these guys played. Like Shea, obviously Dennis Schroeder is having a second game where he really showed out and contributed to this team. Nerlens Noel really stepped up and did what he needed to do. Um, and then, you know, there's always going to be different guys each night that I think really uh, shine and just show out and really contribute the best way that they can. And so, yeah, there's going to be nights where Steven Adams doesn't do very well. That's kind of been four games. But there's also... <laughs> There's also going to be nights where guys like Shea, even guys like Hami, um, especially guys like Dennis and Nerlens, these guys, I think they're really going to be very talented going forward. And I don't think people should be too discouraged from this game because I, I keep saying it, and I know people are probably rolling their eyes, but it really could have been a lot worse. And I thought that they battled. They really fought hard. And I was I was really impressed with what I did get to see of this game because I – I, I didn't want to say that I thought they were going to be totally blown out. I thought they were going to be able to hold them. But when I got there and they had the kind of lead that they did and they kept that going into halftime, obviously that third quarter was just disgusting for the Thunder because that's really where they let the Rockets take the lead. And the, obviously that never changed for the duration of the game because the Thunder trailed for the rest of it. But it just it was reassuring because it could have gone so south so fast. And they battled. Guys like Danilo – uh, guys like Schroeder, especially SGA, when he really does heat up, obviously he just goes crazy and he goes off and he's able to really do some things offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of what Brady and I were saying earlier, if just every single guy, especially in the starting rotation, can just step up and do their job, I think it could be a different story. I, I even was impressed with Chris Paul with a couple of his shots tonight, and he's just been a guy that's been like, eh, for the past, or I keep saying the past but the first he, games. he had the mid-range floater game going for a little bit <laughs> he had he, a couple of good he threes that he had it. tonight he, too he has way too many possessions where he just dribble 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 dribbles around yeah and, and forces the thunder into a bad spot because he either will just heave up a bad three-point shot at the end of the shot clock or he'll give it up with about six seven seconds left um, yeah. on the shot clock to more than likely a person who can't create their own shot uh, it just I don't know what Chris has been doing. He's been very inconsistent to start this season. Um, some bad tendencies from Houston have mm -hmm. been carried over, and it's a little surprising because we know Chris is to be a very smart basketball player, especially when it comes to a half-court offense, and he 
really hasn't run a very good half-court offense. Like, really, the Thunder, when they've been the most successful, it's when SGA has been the primary ball handler or Dennis Schroeder, who, yeah. like we said, had a really good game. And um, he was probably the reason why the Thunder were ahead so much, him and SGA, mo- mostly Dennis Schroeder. But yeah. um, let's let's get into the three-guard lineup and get yeah. out of here. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I really don't like it because it takes the ball out of SGA's hands. And yeah. just like I said, like uh, Chris Paul, if he's not on um, scoring-wise, he's taking opportunities away from SGA, who has been on every single game this season. That's four games, yes. But what we've seen so far is Dennis Schroeder has had two really good games, an average game and a nothing game. Chris Paul has had one good game, one okay game, and then a bunch of eh, average. Even yeah. even the, the the Wizards game was terrible. Wizard, oh, yeah. He had one terrible that, game, that one average one, game, yeah. and two meh. So when you have that, you're taking away from a guy who's been probably your most consistent or second most consistent player in the SGA sure. and taking opportunities away from him where, and I asked Billy, Billy Donovan about it a week ago, the way he sees it is he gets to learn how to he gets to learn how to play off the ball. He gets to learn how to do different facets of his game or mm-hmm. to develop different facets of his game. Um, playing off of Chris Paul, playing off of Dennis Schroeder. And I agree, but that that can be for practice. Yeah. Not pro because as soon as they went to the three guard lineup tonight, like it, it's it stalled the offense. And when they closed with it in Utah, it stalled the offense. I I I don't get it because it's not a long term thing. You can't look at this and say, well, this is gonna these are our best players, so they need to learn how to play with each other because we're gonna need them to know how to play with each other towards the end of the season when we're hunting for the playoffs. Are you hunting for the playoffs? <laughs> are you? Like, like, are you going to even have Chris Paul pass December? Are you going to have <laughs> him pass the trade deadline? Like, so to me, it doesn't make sense when it has clearly stalled the offense. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Just because I want to see Shea Gilgis Alexander have these opportunities to evolve into the basketball player that everyone is expecting him to become. And I think that he's perfectly capable of becoming that player also because he has proven in the past four games, well, there I go again. The first four games of this season that he is very talented, that he's very capable of just being a primary ball handler and being a guy who can lead this team, especially when he's in the one position. And I've been very impressed with the way that he has just lit up at different times. But then as soon as he ignites, he never lets up. And he's just crazy talented. He makes all these super athletic shots that just look effortless. And I've just I want to see him have these opportunities because I think that's how he's going to grow into the player that Oklahoma City is expecting him to become. And so yeah, no, I totally agree. Like I'm not the biggest fan of the three guard lineup, but like it makes sense it, on paper. It, yeah, you it, put your best players on the floor. But yeah, it, but then you're like, but what what's going to come from this? Like what? Like is this the best thing to do right now? I mean, maybe it is. Sometimes it's going to work, but there are going to be teams that come in. Or teams that you go to, and it's not going to work, and it might it might be too late. The game might already be too far gone because I really feel like a game can be gone at any quarter of the and, game. And, and I'll admit, um, I usually I have I've always had a rule for like ever since I started covering the Thunder. I've always had a rule. I don't look at advanced numbers until we get 10, 12 games into the season because yeah. making a big deal out of a three or four game sample size, I think, is a little silly. Um, because, I mean, you can look at something like, oh, Terrence Ferguson has shot 42% over the last five games. It's like, okay, is that sustainable? Probably not. So there might be some advanced numbers that prove that I'm wrong over the first four games that the offense stalls when the three-guard lineup is out there. 
And that's all well and good. All I'm saying is I'm going off what I'm seeing and I'll admit it's just I it's just the eye test for me at this point. But once we get a little bit longer into the season, I'll dive into the numbers. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to prove that I'm right. But I could be wrong because I'm wrong half the time anyway. So am I. It's fine. That's kind of like my trademark in this business. I'm usually just wrong. No. 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 You're always right. You're always right. Let's go let's home. Let's go with that. All right, let's go home. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us on this episode of the OKC82 podcast as Brady plays you out with some melodic tunes. Yeah. Take us away. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. But honestly, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be back a lot this season because obviously we have 82 of these plus more if they go into the postseason. Who knows? So, yeah, the Thunder fall to the Houston Rockets and the fighting Russell Westbrooks tonight, 116-112. to 112. Good show out overall for the Thunder, but they're going to come back home on Wednesday? Yes. They're going to come back home on Wednesday. Who they play? I forgot. Portland. Portland. Oh, they're, fi- they're playing the fighting Chisholm Holland slash uh, Zach Collins. So that'll be fun. It'll be a good time. And we'll be there, and you'll get to hear our podcast again. So thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday here on the OKC82 Podcast.